My friends, I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Praise God. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in the book of Psalms. Let's go to Psalm number 20 and talk today about your purpose and your passion. Ooh, I like it. Praise God. Now let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit would unveil the word so that we have understanding of it and so that we can apply it to our lives today. Now we thank you that we are hearers and doers of your word in Jesus name. We all agree around the world today and say, Amen. Psalm 20 verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Woo, praise God. And I believe that if you ever have those special moments when you need something extra from the Lord, I believe you'll find out He's there for you. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. The day of trouble, uh, maybe in some ways, is not necessarily some, you know, dark event that befell your life. Uh, the day of trouble can be times when sometimes you journey through life and certain things maybe don't seem to make sense. And you're like, Lord, what's going on here? And it's a little bit like Joseph who was in prison and he was wrongly accused and he was put in prison under false charges. Nevertheless, he's still locked up and he can't get out. And he knows that God has a destiny, a plan for his life, but yet for the life of him, it doesn't make any sense. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. In the day when things don't seem to make sense, God, why is it the way that it is? May the Lord answer you. May He refresh you. May He, had, may he shed light upon your darkness. When I'm talking about darkness, I'm, the, when the Bible refers to darkness, it doesn't always refer to sin. It can refer to something that's out of order. It could re refer to a place of chaos, or it could refer to simply being a, in a place of not really knowing what to do. But I'll tell you, when the Lord begins to speak, light breaks forth, illumination comes, you get answers. And even for Joseph, even for Joseph, I believe there were those times he had those talks with the Lord. Lord, what is going on in my life? My life is being wasted. I'm sitting in a prison. And although you have promoted me to be the head of the prison, uh, you know, I'm still locked up. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a time where he called out to the Lord. And I believe there can be those times in your life when you need the Lord to encourage you. Now, <clears throat> I'm talking about this subject today because over the last week, I have received for some reason, a lot of emails from people, ministry partners and viewers uh, and I'm talking viewers from the other side of the planet, okay? People that just have been emailing saying, Pastor Stephen, I feel rather disillusioned. I feel like, although I know there's great prophecies over my life, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels and I don't know what I need to do to change it. I'm not sure what the missing ingredient is in the special sauce, but there's nothing too special going on. Pastor Stephen, what's taking place? Well, I believe that the Lord will speak to you in a day of trouble, in a day of perhaps just not knowing really what's playing out. God's going to help you, and God's going to show you some things I believe that will encourage you. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May He send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion so God can hold you up God can keep on going. I'm here today to tell you that God is going to put a smile back on your face, not a frown, but He's going to put a smile on your face, and you're going to have that quality of joy and deep contentedness, uh, because God is going to show some things to you to really help you out that, how can I say, would make sense of it all. May He remember all your offerings. These are special, these are special things that's going on here. When you have those heart-to-heart -heart talks with the Lord, like, like I'm sure David did, who is the author of this psalm, 
when there were moments in his life he was just like Lord what in the world does this have to do with anything there's a man chasing me around a mountain trying to kill me like what have I ever done to invoke such an outrageous life where I have to run with me and my wife and my children and you know the little band that I have how did I get into this ah the plan, the call, the purpose of God, the training of God, the preparation of God, all of those things. And it says in verse 3, may he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. All your offerings. God is aware of the tithes that you have paid. God is aware of every seed, regardless of its size, large, small, medium, whatever. He is aware of every seed that you have ever sown and he's mindful of your harvest and he wants you to know that he's got it it's all there and he's got it and there is a harvest on his mind for you and it's going to come into your life I believe sooner sooner than you think and while there can be times of contemplative meditative thinking uh, of looking inwardly and looking upwardly I, I believe that in those moments always be careful that when you're talking with God kind of going through what David is going through right here and I, what I believe many great men of God went through and I believe even today you can have the same types of things today where you stop and you ask God questions all of that's good make sure in the midst of it though that you do not allow Satan to deceive you into a thinking of in your mindset maybe you wouldn't verbalize it but maybe you think that you have found fault with God in other words God hasn't moved fast enough God can't you see what's going on in my life nothing's happening as if God is not aware of that as if God somehow is you know gone on vacation and you know you call the hotline and an angel picks up the phone but you know he says God's not here well no my friends God knows make sure of that in the midst of these types of talks with the Lord that you don't drift into a place where you maybe feel accusative of the Lord yes Lord uh, you really haven't come through for me okay that's the devil trying to push you over into that don't go into that stay out of that that that's we know that sin but also things like that are spiritual type sins of finding fault with God and if you go into that realm what will happen is that although God will because he's so good he will still move your life forward you will find out that even if your life moves forward which it will that certain test certain subject material heavenly material that God was wanting you to learn not just theoretically not just in your head because you're in the book but in real life real knowledge of God the things that God was wanting you to learn about him and to trust him Okay, you're flying by the instruments. You look out the window. There's something but fog. There's you. You, you can't tell where you're at. So in in the airline industry, you know you have to fly by the instruments, and so you're just you're you're going by faith. You're going by the word. Okay, God wants you to trust Him, and He wants you to have a good attitude. Okay, even if you're Joseph in the prison with a high calling. Well, we know that God eventually got Joseph out, and he was placed into that position that he was. It was something mapped out for his life before he was ever born. Okay, so in the midst of having questions, always praise and honor the Lord. And if you have to, just say, God, you know what? There are certain things here I don't understand, but Lord, I love you. Now, don't just tell him that you love him, also tell him that you trust him. That's very important. Just say, Lord, I love you and I trust you because you know better than I do. Now, it does take humility. To say that it does take a person whose faith is on autopilot in the word and they're not flying by feelings you're flying by faith okay and so you're on autopilot you're just like God I'm locked on to your word and uh, don't quite understand it all but Lord I love you and and I trust you because you really do know what's best for me and you're going to get me to where I need to be now it's going to get better watch this may he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Let me say this for those that are not in their teenage years anymore. God has a fast track system for those that maybe 
took some wrong detours in life and didn't get back on, on the main expressway of, of God's plan for their life, maybe for 15 or 20 years later. Okay, I need to let you know that God still is going to fulfill all your purpose. Well, Pastor Stephen, how, how, how can God do it? I'm 75. Pastor Stephen, I'm 83. How can God do it? Because He's God. And if you'll trust Him, He's able to still get it done. And He'll do it for you. He will fulfill all your purpose. Now, that doesn't mean you've got time just to waste and, uh, you know, goof off with your life. No, you need to be dialed in because he does have fast track methods for those that are running behind. I'm telling you, he can still get you to the finish line. It's amazing what he can do. But you need to know that God's going to get it for you. He's going to get you there. And in the interim, keep praising him. May he grant you according to your heart's desire. Hmm. Your heart's desire. The heart the things of the heart can go very, very deep. The soulish nature, and you know, we as humans, we have a, a tripartite nature. In other words, you live in a body. But the body, when you see a person, that's not their totality. That's just the house they live in, okay? You see the body, okay? But there's also the soul. The soul, while and sometimes in Scripture is used to give reference to the totality of the person. The soul, most of the time, is referring to the, the mind, the will, the emotions, the feelings of a person, the area that governs the, the, the five sensory realms and how that makes you feel. Okay, that's what that's referring to. But you also have the spirit, and the spirit is, is the inner person of who you really are. And the things of the spirit of your heart can go very deep. But the soul, which is in contact with the natural world, the soul has a way sometimes of muddying the waters. Instead of the water being very clear and looking and seeing exactly the desires of the heart, sometimes the soul comes in there, and maybe because of ego, maybe because of pride, maybe because of selfish ambition, maybe because of various other factors and influences. You know, uh, the soul comes in there and will twist those desires and will try to take your life in a way that God knows that's, that's not best for you. If you get tangled up in that, you're going to jeopardize your destiny, okay? So because God loves you so much, He will frustrate those soulish desires. And sometimes people are crying out, God, why? God, why? And it's actually the goodness and love of God to pull back on the bridle the, the horse would have the bit in the mouth and the bridle and the, you know a good a good uh, horse that's well trained really doesn't even need the rider to even pull on the reins it's just almost just like a slight little almost lift the rein to the left or the right and the horse is going to already respond and go in that direction but there are some how can we say Christian Horses that, I mean, God just got to pull back full power because it's just they're, they're going full speed into what they want to do. And God knows that it would really hurt them. So, He's going to grant you according to your heart's desire. But those desires are filtered by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Those desires are filtered by the Word of God. And just as in the house of God, there can be vessels of gold and silver. There can also be vessels of wood and clay, and some for honor, some for dishonor. But if you purge yourself and you go into an, a place of consecration where you say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, then you can be made a vessel of gold that God can flow through, that God can pour through, and that God can receive glory through. Praise God. So yes, He's going to give you heart's desires, things that He put in you, those will be brought out as pure gold when they are refined by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, these things are very important of knowing that God is going to do this for you. And you need to stay encouraged. Again, this past week I've had a lot of emails of people that just have, they seem disillusioned, maybe greatly discouraged. 
And there can be different different reasons for that. One one thing I need to tell you is that it's very important to not let your heart go into a place of pondering discouragement. Now, there can be questions of why, but you know what? There's the element of love and trust, and you say, God, I love you, I trust you, and uh, hey, I'm just staying plugged in, and I'm not going to try to figure all this out. I'm just running with you, going with you. And that's a good approach, because if you begin to dwell on things that cause sorrow, if you begin to, to camp in a place of wounds or hurts, that's not good. It's actually very... Uh, it's a place where the enemy can hit you. So you don't want to camp there. I remember the wonderful prophet of God, Dr. G, uh, Dr. G, uh, D, G, S, Dr. D, G, S, Denikaran from India. Now he's in heaven now. He lived this ministry out. He was in South India, but he talked about the time that he was in the hospital and he was real sick, very, very sick. And Dr. Dindakaran had a vision while he was in the hospital. He had a vision, and Jesus walked into the room, and Jesus began to talk with him. And Dr. Dindakaran wrote about this encounter in one of his books. And Dr. Dindakaran, who was very sick, said Jesus came to him and told him exactly why he was sick, the reason for his sickness. And he explained to Dr. Dindakaran that his ministry was loved by multitudes of people all over India and all over the world. He was esteemed as a true prophet of God, as a great teacher of the Word, and as an apostle of love. So there was, there was great love and esteem for him as a man of God, but he had some critics. He had like three or four very fierce critics who would write the most slanderous lies about him and just wrote very, very cruel words about him. And Jesus told DGS Didicarin, he said, instead of focusing on the reality of the great multitude that loves you and loves your ministry, you instead have focused on the few critics that speak against you, and you have focused on their words, and you've allowed their words to come into your spirit, and that's why you are here in the hospital sick. Woo! My friends, get up. Get up right now. You don't have time to be uh, floating around in gloom, you know, all depressed, trying to figure it all out. Get up and get going. Hallelujah. Walk by faith, not by sight, and definitely not by feelings, because feelings can be all over the board. So walk by faith. Walk by faith. Stay positive. Listen to good things. Praise God. Build your faith. Don't let your heart get wounded. Mm, 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 mm. Now look, that can be a real temptation for some that I would actually consider usually the nice people, the sweet people that are very loving and very kind. Usually they're the ones that are vulnerable to the enemy's attacks of, you know, real nasty words, uh, real crude accusations. It's usually the sweet ones that are almost shocked by the wickedness of the devil and people who would be so ungodly to yield to the devil and do stuff like that. But my friends, don't pay any attention to the devil's workings. We are aware of what he's doing, but we're going to keep our eyes on the Lord. And now I liked what prophet Kenneth Copeland said one time when they had, uh, you know, he's got his critics. Any, any man or woman of God on the front lines, you will have adversaries because the enemy uh, knows you're taking souls out of his kingdom, and he knows when there are good ministers that are building up and blessing the body of Christ. But I like Kenneth Copeland's approach. He basically said what they write about you in the newspaper one day, the very next day will be at the bottom of a birdcage. And I've seen that, you know, people that have birds, pet 
parakeets or birds that line the bottom of the bird cage with newspaper <laughs> to catch all the bird droppings <laughs> and then you know throw it all away later so that's really the truth so we need to be very very careful with discouragement God's going to grant you according to your heart's desire those pure desires that God has put in there they are going to be realized in the most beautiful way and God is going to fulfill all your purpose you're going to reach the finish line of your purpose your destiny and your calling and also of your passion it's all the same thing rolled together and you know some of these emails have even said to me uh, some of the people have said pastor Stephen I actually feel so disillusioned I don't even really know what I'm supposed to be doing in life wow you know what these are attacks of the devil to try to uh, derail men and women of God from moving forward. So let me give you a few things that will help you concerning this. Ecclesiastes chapter chapter nine, verse ten. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Well, Pastor Stephen, I I don't know what to do. Well, I, I let me tell you this: you need to do something. Woo! Because if you don't do anything, God can't bless anything. But if you do something, God can at least bless something. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. So find something and then do it. Put everything that you have into it. Put your energy into it, your focus into it, your efforts into it, your intellect, your creativity, your gifting. Put it all into it. Pour it into it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm -mm. That's what you should do. Praise God. And I also like Psalm 1. Psalm 1, verse, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. That's very, very important, because meditation in the Word that's the same thing as sitting down and studying a road map of where you're supposed to be going. Mm. Me and uh, Pastor Kelly have been working on our itinerary this year. And, you know, we're going to be doing some traveling throughout Europe, preaching in different cities. And so trying to connect all of these cities and different countries together, you know, you, ha you have to plan that out, not just with hotels, but with planes and then a meeting here. And then a few days later, gotta, we have to be in that city. And, you know, so do we fly? Do we drive? Or, but, you know, and just work all that together. But look, that, that takes meditation and planning. But when you sit down and meditate on the scripture, meditate on what God said, then, then you'll realize it's like a flashlight. It's a lamp unto you, your path. It's a light unto your feet. And you can see where you're going. Woo, praise God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Well, whatever it is that you're going, you need to do it with all of your might. Grab a hold of it and begin to pour yourself into it right where you're at. Now, we have an online church member. He went through a season where he couldn't find a job. He couldn't find what I would call like a career type job. And this vacancy went on for a while in his life. And so you know what he decided to do? He decided that something is better than nothing. So he just said, well, you know, I'm not going to sit around not doing anything. If I don't have a job, you know, the kind of really good job that I would like, uh, I'm just, I'm going to go out and at least get a job. So he went out and got a job. And this was a job that, that he took that didn't pay much money, didn't pay much money at all. But you know what? At least he's got a job. And it's, it, uh, something is better than nothing. You know, $12 an hour is better than $0 an hour, right? So he got a job. And within just a few days at that job, he saw somebody. Uh, let, let me say it like this. After having only worked at that job for a few days, he came across someone else while he was out doing something on break or something like that or lunch or something. But that person said, hey, I just landed a really good job, and they're hiring in this one department. And, he, and, and the friend said, why don't you go over there and apply when, you have, you know, when you're off on your lunch break or something like that? So he did, and he went from having a job to having a dream job. But I believe, I believe that if he had not taken a job, he never would have gotten the dream, the dream job. Do you see that? See, God can't bless nothing. But God can bless 
something. So you need to get plugged in. Praise God. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does. So you have to do something. You can't do nothing. God, God can't prosper nothing. But if you do something, whatever it is, then God can bless it. God can prosper it. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, that, that brother, he had no job. So after looking for quite some time, for months, with no job, he just said, well, I can't get a great job, so I'm just going to go get, you know, a respectable job. And he went out and got one, and through that had a contact that led him to a super job. Woo, and he's, he's working there today. Praise God. What a blessing. My friends, the Lord wants to remove discouragement, any type of disillusionment off of your life. Let me read this to you today from Second Samuel chapter 11. We're talking about your purpose, your passion. This is very important. Second Samuel chapter 11. In the first few verses of this chapter, there is so much revelation regarding purpose, destiny, calling, assignment that is tailor-made for every person that is a child of God. Now watch this. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And you know the rest of the story. Bathsheba. Then David is now tangled up in adultery. Then he's tangled up in murder. And then he's tangled up in a cover-up. And it's just a big, big mess that never needed to have happened. Now, one time I had my Bible open, and I was reading this and meditating on this, and just kind of, uh, I had read it, and I was just sitting there meditating on it. And I was actually on day eight of a fast with no food, just drinking apple juice and a coffee every now and then, praise God. And I was, as I was sitting at the table meditating, I, I looked up because I sensed something in the spirit realm beginning to happen. I looked up and with my eyes, I could see a long distance away. Although I was sitting here in Moravian Falls, I could look so far that I could even see how the earth curved, the curvature of the earth. And I saw an angel coming flying very swiftly above the land, maybe like 30 feet in the air, but he's moving at phenomenal speed coming towards me, covering hundreds and hundreds of miles really, really quick. And this was an angel that had wings. Not all angels have wings, but this one did. And this angel flew to our ministry facility here in Moravian Falls, came right through the walls, and he came right into the room as I was sitting at the, at the table. I was actually using this table right here. And uh, this table was over in the fellowship hall. We have a dual studio over there as well. And I was actually sitting there. And so the angel came right up to me, right up to the table. And he said, this was amazing what he said to me. He said, David did not have a lust problem. And uh, I thought, well, for, first of all, I thought, Wow. That's kind of like a revelation because you would think he did almost. You know, now we know Solomon did. Solomon, you know, married all the multiple wives and then all the concubines and stuff like that. But David, David, in a sense, had that area of his life under control. He wasn't like a drooling, you know, like a you know guy walking around just you know wanting to grab a lady. And uh, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like that. Now, he wasn't perfect. But he wasn't like a lust-possessed person by any means. He didn't have a lust problem. And the angel told me that. He said, David did not have a lust problem. And the angel said, David lost his passion. Woo! Wow! And the angel shared some things with me. And talked with me a little bit about David's life. And I found that fascinating because this 
is why people get disillusioned. I'm talking about God's people. Be very careful with disillusionment. Be very careful with what I would also call boredom. David lost his passion. Well, Pastor Stephen, what was his passion? His passion was to pick up a sword. This may sound graphic, but this is the Old Testament days. His passion was to pick up a sword and cut the heads off of the enemies of God's people. His passion was to take the sword and stick it through all the bad guys and kill them. His passion was to be like the ultimate ninja warrior, okay? And he was, he was an incredible killing machine because he not only was skilled and gifted, but he was anointed to do it. He had an anointing as a warrior, and he was really good at that. But, you know, David had had success. He's now the king. He can now sit back, breathe, take it easy. Uh, and he got out of his zone. He got out of his lane, and he got lazy, and then he got bored. And in the midst of all of that, in some ways, it's almost like he forgot who he was. Oh, no, he knew he was the king. People were, would remind him of that. But he's not really even acting like a king anymore. When kings go out to war, well, he didn't go out. He didn't even go out. He's not even acting like a king anymore. It's almost like you forgot who he was. He had lost his purpose. And if you lose your purpose, you lose your passion. And then what happens? You're going to get in trouble doing something stupid. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm helping somebody today. I'm helping somebody to not make a mistake. And you're, you're already, you're, you're thinking about it. You're touring with something that, that if you get into, it's going to really, really cause tremendous grief, not only in your life, but it spreads out and will, it will really hurt a lot of other people. So you need to back off. What should I do, Pastor Stephen? You need to get reacquainted with your purpose, your passion of what, of what makes you tick, of what God put into you, of your unique spiritual DNA, of what makes you excited, what makes you motivated, what inspires you. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the way God made you, the way God created you. Now, David was a psalmist. David was a prophet. David was a king. And even, rare enough, extremely rare actually, even function in a sense like a priest. He even ate the showbread, which only the priest could do. And, you know, no, no judgment was placed upon him for that. So he had tremendous anointing and gifting. But he had drifted from a primary calling and anointing that God not only put on him, but God was really insisting that he walked in. And he just, just laid it down, got bored. Well, yes, there's a place to write psalms and sit down and, and, you know, play your harp and, you know, play your guitar and play a nice little song and, you know, put it to music and, and, and things like that. But there's another time. There's the other times where you're just supposed to take your sword, go out and start, you know, chopping down Philistines. He was a giant killer. This is a giant killer. Stayed at home. And I mean, this is the guy that brought down Goliath. And all he's doing now is just sitting around, laying, laying down on a couch, watching TV. Well, Pastor Steve, they didn't have TV back then. Well, you, we know that. But you, you understand, he's just, he's just totally out of it. He's totally out of it. I'm talking to some of you right now. You're out of your anointing. You're out of your calling. You're just goof, you're goofing around, and you've lost your purpose. And because of that, you have no fire. You have no fire anymore. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift your hands. God's going to give it back right now. God's going to ignite it. I see purple passion fire. That's going to get released into your spirit. And you know what? You're going to get happy again. You're going to find out one more time who you really are, who you really are. You don't need to look back upon yourself and say, oh, I remember when I remember when I well, look, you know, that that's yesterday. You need, you know, it's not like there's two, two of you, you know, well, the old you and the new you that's no good anymore. No, no. No, God's got greater things for you, and God is also going to help you see the manifestation of your heart's desires and the fulfillment of your purpose. Hallelujah. But you're not going to get it laying out on a couch, you know, walking around just, you know, in your robe, not doing anything. Praise God. It's time to get your work clothes on. It's time to get your sword on. It's time to say, hey, now, hold on, Joab. Wait for me. I'm coming. Don't kill them all. Save some for me. Save the biggest one for me. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. 
Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't sell your birthright for an old bowl of beans. Praise the Lord. Get up and be the champion that God has already said that you are. Praise God. Thank you, Father God. Lift your hands right now. The purple fire from heaven. The purple passion fire of the Lord is going to touch you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that would feel disillusioned, that would feel literally like life is boring. Father, I pray for those right now who have lost the fire and they, they just, there's like there's no gas in the tank. Father, I pray for them right now that you fill them with, with fuel from heaven. Now, in Jesus' name, begin to receive. Now, in the name of Jesus, the flaming fire of heaven, glory to God. Somebody, you're supposed to be a writer. You haven't written anything in like years. Somebody, you're supposed to be a songwriter. You put an album out eight years ago. What happened to you? Well, those were my good days, Pastor Stephen. God says your best days are yet ahead of you. They're, and you need to step into them right now. Because the best song you haven't even written yet. Mm-mm. So rise up. Get going again. Get back in the saddle. Praise God. Maybe life knocked you down or knocked you off your horse. Get back up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that the fire is coming down. Fire right now in your belly in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you, you have a desire to travel, and you started to do that a little bit, and then things happen, you pull back, and just like you totally lost it. You haven't had your passport stamped in years. Matter of fact, it may have even expired. Praise the Lord. Get the fire back. Get the flame back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. See, there's a balance in life. This is very important. I'll give you an example. How about this one? St. Therese of Avila, one of the great mystics. When I say mystic, I'm talking really about a prophetess, somebody that had visions, would see in the spirit realm, very, you know, very strong, very, uh, very fluent in the moving in the gifts of the spirit. Oh, she had all of that. She was a heavyweight in the spirit. And, some, and sometimes people think, well, because you're a mystic or you're, you're real spiritual, that means you have to live in the cave. That means that you have to go sit up on top of a pole somewhere. Those were called the stylites. We don't really have any of those today. Uh, you can Google that sometime. The stylites were, they were usually guys. I don't think any women would be stupid enough to do what they did. But uh, it would be a man basically sitting up on a pole. And, you know, there were guys that sat on those poles for 15 or 20 years. Never came down. Once they went up, they never came down. Sit up on a pole and try to be religious. Try to be spiritual. Eat up there. If anybody would throw them a ham sandwich up there or something like that. Use the bathroom up there. Everything. There's guys stayed up on a pole for 20 years. Never came down. Uh, never came down in the winter, never came down in the summer, out in the desert, sit up on a pole. Uh, but you know what? I have a feeling that God hasn't called you to that. And you have to understand that even with many of the great prophets and many of the great mystics, even although they were very spiritual and maybe would spend time in prayer, there were many of them that were just swamped, busy all day long all day long. In St. Teresa of Avila, she was like that. She was a, 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 a woman that had all the visions and had all the mystical experiences, and people would go, ooh, but most people don't realize how busy she was. She reformed completely the, the Carmelite order, because, you know, it was like a denomination that had just basically gone kind of dead. She's just like, hey, we need to get back to the original movement, the original founders' intentions, and so she had all these reformations going on. She's leading all of that. She had all kinds of administrative work. She had all kinds of travel that she had to do, and she didn't want to do any of that. She just wanted to go pray, but God gave her these responsibilities, and she had to balance all this administrative, which is really all of that was apostolic, with all of the prophetic, mystical, all of that good stuff together, and know how to mix it, know how to balance it, and bring it all into her, into her life. And you have to be able to do that too. You need to know the different things God's plugged into you, the way that God has hardwired you, and not unplug one and lay it down and think that's not important. Because if you do that, you just disconnect it from a passion power cord, and there will be an absence in your life. I would even say, I, I would even call it, I would go so far to call it a sorrow, that if you disconnect from something that God gave you, that makes you happy, that inspires you, that, that, that really, you know, gets your blood going. In a, I'm talking in a, in a good way. If you disconnect from that, there will be something in your life of sorrow. Praise God. So, 
you know what? If you've never known what it is, maybe you need to dig a little deeper in the spirit. But if you do know what it is, just reconnect, replug, and say, God, thank you that I can pick that back up again. For some, it would be a pen to write again. Although very few people write today with pens, they used to do it on a typewriter. I know I do. <laughs> Excuse me, not even a typewriter. We don't even use those anymore. We use uh, computers, you know, laptop, PC, whatever makes you happy, tablet, whatever. So, my friends, I just think there's some searching of the Spirit today. Some of you, I was just getting that in my spirit in a lot of emails. Just people that are people that are out there, they feel disillusioned. They're like, well, Pastor Stephen, it's happening for you, it's happening for others, but Pastor Stephen, if you were to look at my life, it would be a, it would be a microcosm of not much going on. It's just, it's just not much going on. Well, remember, don't find fault with God. Some of that just could be because of preparation for the great things that He does have for you. And there is a place in life where you can also enjoy uh, maybe what we could call normal living. You know, it's like the restaurant business. Some, some restaurants, if not all restaurants, you have moments when it's really busy. You have lunch rush, you have the dinner rush, and if a big bus pulls up of collegiate football players, uh, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon, well, you got another rush. We've got a bunch of hungry people coming in. Let's get the cook going and everybody get busy again. Because you, you don't always know it's going to hit. And life can be like that. Sometimes real busy, sometimes not so busy. You need to learn to enjoy both. But stay always plugged into your core passions that God has put within your heart. Because that's what makes you tick. And that's really what helps you to be balanced. So you're not too far over here where you're spiritually cuckoo, or you're not too far over here where you're just dry. You know, you need to have both. And that is something that the Holy Spirit helps us with. Glory to God. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So don't be like David. Don't lose your passion ever. It's very, very dangerous to do that. Find your sword. Look, even if your passion was to be this warrior who just, I mean, he was, inc- he was incredible with a sword. But hey, if that's your thing, you better find your sword and you better keep it sharp because uh, God's on that. Now, his son Solomon, totally different. I mean, he probably lifted a sword up, but only to look at it. I don't think he ever used one on anybody. But David sure, know how, sure knew how to uh, handle that. So you find your things. And, you know, find those few things that God really put in you and stay in your lane, stay in your zone. And that's really where you'll find that you're most effective in the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people today that if there's any that have drifted from the giftings, the anointings, the callings, the talents, the things that you put in them, not only the spiritual, but also the natural and that that delicate mix of how that's all woven together within a person's heart, within the matrix of their spiritual DNA, then Father, if there's anything that got dropped, lost, or misplaced, let it come back. Let it come back now with passion. Woohoo! Father, we thank you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Ooh, glory to God. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, somebody watching, you were doing really good in your Hebrew classes, and you just dropped it. I don't know why. That's between you and the Lord. But God gave you a passion to learn that, and you were making good progress, and then you just you just dropped it. Okay, so I see the purple passion coming back. Pick it back up. Now, that doesn't mean everybody needs to learn Hebrew, but you know it certainly lit your fire when you began to get into it. So get it back, because there's something on that path with your life where there's destiny in it okay so pick it back up and keep learning it and if you're going to learn it might as well get good at it go ahead and get fluent at it Woo! praise god hallelujah that way when you go on tour with me when we take our israel tours you can explain what that says or what that person was saying you can help me out praise god so father we thank you for your anointing flowing right now purple power purple passion flowing into the hearts of your people today. We bless you for it. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Heart's desires are going to be fulfilled. Mm, They're going to flourish. Thank you, Father. I hear the Lord saying this, be yourself. Ministers, let me say this. Don't try to be some other preacher. That other, there, there's already that other preacher. We don't, we don't need two of them. Uh, and, and God doesn't have the cookie cutter mold. Uh, you know, 
God broke the mold with you. There's only one of you, so be yourself. Don't try to use the same language, lingo, or somebody else. Be yourself. Praise God. Use your, the mannerisms, the style God gave you. <laughs> be yourself. Hallelujah. Now, whatever career field you're in, not just ministers, but be yourself. Be who God called you to be. Yes, you can be influenced by others. Okay. You know, that's the thing about a mantle, an impartation, all of that good stuff. But still, still, there's only one you. Okay. So be yourself. Be, be the authentic, original person that God made you to be. If you don't like vanilla ice cream, don't eat it. Well, that Pastor Steve, that's what everybody eats. Well, if, if your thing is chocolate, eat chocolate. Be yourself, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Father, thank you for your anointing. Mm, that's flowing right now. Thank you, Father. You're getting people back to the Garden of Eden. You're getting your people back to original purpose, original intent. Thank you, Father God, before everything got muddied up and goofed up. Thank you, Father God. You're getting them back to where you want them to be. Clear vision, clear focus. We thank you, Father God. The clouds, the fog is clearing. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father. Somebody watching you are writing a book and you quit like halfway through your manuscript. Just, just quit. I don't know why. Maybe you don't even know why. I don't even know if David knew why he laid his sword down and just thought, you know what? I'm just, I, I don't know why he did that. You know what? But the thing is, it's really, it's irrelevant. All that matters is go pick your sword back up. Somebody was writing the book and you just walked away from it. It's a good book. You need to finish it. It will bless and help people. Praise God. That's what I'm getting from the Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Just the anointing's coming down. The Holy Spirit's helping you with to understand some things about your life, certain experiences, and He's helping you right now. So, Father, we just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get ready to take communion today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I'd like to give you an opportunity to receive Him as your God, as your Lord, and as your King. You know, somebody might say, well, Pastor Stephen, why do you always give, a, give an invitation for salvation in every service? Because I don't know if you who are watching, I don't know that if, if you don't know the Lord, I don't know if you'll ever have another opportunity. You're not guaranteed that, you know, well, I'll just come back. Pastor Stephen sounds good, but I'm not quite persuaded yet. I'll come back at another time. I don't know if you'll be back. I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that today, according to the Word of God, today is the day of salvation. And you should never put your eternal security off. You need to get your life right with God today. And so that's why I always give an invitation for the lost to receive Christ, because they may not have a, they may never have another opportunity. So if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, Jesus extends salvation and forgiveness of sins to you now. If you would like to receive him, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. But Lord Jesus, I know you can fix my sin problem. Jesus, wash my sins away. Give me your life. Come into my heart right now. Jesus, I give you my life. I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me now. I believe it. Amen. And my friends, the Lord has heard your prayer, and He has saved you, and you now belong to Him. Praise God. All right, let's take communion together today. Father, thank you for the bread and the, and the juice. We pray over it and consecrate it. We set this apart as holy. This is now the body of Jesus. This is now the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you that without a purpose, without a passion, then it's easy to drift. So, Father, I just thank you that you're getting us back on track, right down the middle of the road. Father, we thank you right on path. We just thank you, Father God. 
and you're accelerating things because your glory is coming it's beginning to break through like the sunlight the rays of the sun coming through previously heavily clouded areas and the greatest moment for the church is soon to be unveiled so father we thank you we want our lives to be right we want our lives to be pleasing to you thank you father God for all the preparation that you've worked in the lives of your people and we thank you for where you have brought us from to where you are also got us at right now and also where you're taking us to we just give you all of the praise thank you for doing such a amazing things father we receive now the body of Jesus we're very thankful for his body thank you father God hallelujah thank you father God that as we receive the body of Jesus we thank you that we know what we're supposed to be focused on and we thank you father God that you're very concerned about even the areas of personal contentment fulfillment and happiness and we give you all the praise thank you father in Jesus name amen let's partake together Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes all of our sins, all of our iniquities away. And we thank you that our sins and our iniquities, our lawless deeds, you remember no more. So, Father, should the devil, should the devil ever try to remind us of them, we'll remind him of your word, that our sins are forgiven and forgotten. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and its great power to do this. We thank you, Father. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God. I command all discouragement, all disillusionment to lift off the people of God now, to go in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, I see your joy being restored. Praise God. So get up and do those things that God has called you to do. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.